This is the Apple Circle Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the show that charges $1,000 just for the privilege of listening. No, that's, that's not actually the case, but man, there have been so many memes about this pro display stand and everything going on. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I've started to see is people are like, look at what $1,000 got you back in the day. You could have got a whole Apple Thunderbolt display and now... It's just a stand. I, there's a lot we can talk about. Let's jump into it um, today. But before we get started, I got to welcome the crew, the Apple Circle crew, Mac Gonzalez. Hey. Jesse Ortiz. Hello. Guys, we're back. Uh, we've got some more to talk about, about WWDC. Lots of reactions, lots of news, lots of new hidden features, and lots of opinions as always. And also, before we jump into that, though, I do just want to, again... Encourage you guys, the listeners, to jump in, give your ideas, your thoughts, your opinions. We want to know what you thought about WWDC, what you thought about iOS 13, the Mac Pro, the Pro Display XDR, that stupid sand. Give us a call, 949-445-0866. It's a free number. It's a Google Voice number. It's going to go right to voicemail. Don't worry. No one's going to answer. Just leave your name, where you're from, thoughts, opinions on the podcast, on Apple in general. Whatever your thoughts are uh, on all this stuff, we'd love to hear it. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know. It'll also be in the show notes as well. Uh, but we want to know what you guys think. We just uh, we want to get you guys in the conversation. We do thank everybody uh, in the past who has called in. You, you're always more than welcome to call back again. But uh, we want to hear from you guys. So give us a call. Let us know. And um, we'll play it next week on the Apple Circle Podcast. Uh, so guys, it's been a couple of days since Dub Dub DC. We've seen some memes. We've heard some discussions. What, if anything, has changed since we last spoke about all this new Apple stuff? Like changed in our opinions? Yeah. Any, did you learn anything? We, we've started to see some new features kind of come to light after sites like Mac Rumors and 9to5 have like dug and found some cool stuff. Like, Has there been anything that's been cool you've seen have your opinions changed i mean we really talked at length about all this mac pro stuff i don't know if you have any new thoughts anything i think the one thing i thought was pretty cool that i saw was that um like because now in in ipad os and ios 13 you can uh, plug in external hard drives and like flash drives to your devices and i saw that you could plug in like they were doing on the ipad they're plugging a USB-C hub to the ipad and they plugged in a flash drive and like two hard drives to it and um the files app could actually see all three dedicated drives and you can transfer between the three within files so that was pretty cool cool. like that is i mean on a computer that's a no-brainer like that works but it's kind of cool it actually works on the ipad wasn't expecting it yeah, the, the question about the external drives that I, I haven't really seen answered yet, and I think the main reason is because it's, it's not integrated with a bunch of third parties yet. It actually doesn't really work that well uh, as of now. I could, at least in my testing, I can see the files off the drive, but I can't actually view the files. I could see that they're there, but mm. I can't open them yet. And that's just something that's going to come with the later betas. It's just not ready yet. Um, but... The one thing that I haven't been haven't seen answered yet is whether or not you can just work off of a drive, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that I'm I'm I'll be very surprised if you're able to. And I'm I'm being optimistic, but uh, I don't know. Is does it seem like the news about iPad OS and iOS 13 has really been overshadowed by this Pro stuff, or yeah. is it just me, or does it seem like 
all anyone really cares about is pro, 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 and the iPad OS is cool, but eh, like it's cool. Like I'm glad Apple actual app, Apple actually did it, but like there's nothing that cool about it. Maybe it's because the beta is a little bit limited right now. But what do you guys think? Was the big takeaway? Is it really just all about this Mac Pro and this display? Well, that's the interesting thing. I mean, everyone of us, well, all of our normal consumer people are only talking about the Pro Display. But the thing that will actually maybe affect them, which is iOS 13 and iPadOS, they seem to be glossing over how much of a leap this is for iPad, especially. I mean, iOS 13 on the phone, mm. I've been I've been using it a little, and, you know, it's, it's fine. There's If you really want a dark mode, great, you got it now. But there's really not much there. On the iPad, though, it is... It is a revolutionary change for the iPad. Awesome. Like big, this, big words. It's a, this is a, it's a big change. Um, but I think you're totally right. Like nobody's focusing on it at all. They're always just talking about the fact that the stand costs $1,000 for this monitor. I mean, I think that everyone's going to always poke fun at Apple about something. And like this was one of those things. I mean, how many cuts did you guys see of everybody capturing the one segment where the guy from Apple's like, and the display is going to cost... Uh, $5,000 and you can get the base amount and also the stand for $9.99 and the crowd's like, oh, like I've seen that clipped everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it was definitely the one thing that people could point out like, oh, look at Apple being Apple, but I don't know. I just, the more I think about iOS 13, the more we've discussed it and kind of like tested it in the office, the more I think, wow, like dark mode's cool, but like that's kind of it. It's like so many small incremental updates that it just seems like a very kind of boring update but again that comes back to the argument like what else did you really expect like what did you really want from this um this event which maybe that kind of makes sense why the mac pro and the pro display xdr are such a big deal is because this was really something out of left field hadn't been leaked totally new totally cool it makes sense and now for the first time after we've seen all these leaks we can kind of already like pre-conceptualize everything we're going to know, what we're going to think about these leaks. The Mac Pro is like, we're just starting to kind of do that now. So that kind of makes sense. Right. Well, and I keep saying this over and over, but what else do you really want your phone to do that doesn't already do? I, I, I really haven't gotten an answer from anyone on this. The iPad, I totally understand. There's a lot that it needed and most of the stuff it got. Um, but on the phone in, in particular, what do you really want it to do that it doesn't already do? Mm-hmm. I asked this on like Twitter and like YouTube comments and stuff and nobody ever replies of course because they don't have an answer but but I think that's kind of what plays into it kind of seeming boring. Everything's pretty good right now. I feel like I'm in that boat of like yeah there can be changes made but they're so minor that it's like I'm not angry that they're not changing iOS 13 to like this whole different operating system. Yeah. Um, kind of boat I'm in. That's why like I'm in your boat Matt of like iPad OS is amazing. I just put it on. Um, I have the base 2017 iPad, so I just put the the iPad OS beta on it, and it runs so well. Like it's actually crazy. I've only run into a couple bugs, but it is so interesting how iPad OS works. <laughs> and it's like that is the update I think we've all been waiting for, but didn't really realize that we wanted that update. You know, and. I think that though we people will be talking about iPad OS more if you weren't able to meme the pro display <laughs> stand so easily. Like yeah. and I feel like and I felt like this during the show too, is that 
Apple is targeting the Mac Pro and the Pro Display at actual professional users, not at the regular consumer. So I don't even know why they bundled the stand separately, bundle it all together <laughs> and sell for 6000 And people well, would have been like, that's crazy expensive for a, a display, but it wouldn't have been memeable like a $1,000 separate stand. And then people would have been actually talking about the iPad OS right now, which is what they should be talking about. Well, like, I don't know. I, I've seen the point made from people that are like, well, you know, if you're buying this as a professional, you probably want to put it on your own vase mount or like your own stand. And I'm just going to throw away the stand anyway. So this just makes it better. <sighs> I, well, I don't no, know. They, they could have done everything exactly the same, but just worded it differently. And everyone would have been fine with it. If you just said it's a $6,000 display or you can get it cheaper for $5,000, they are still selling it the same way. Well, so but it's just the the optics of it because every every year Apple seem or every not even every year every every uh, keynote that they do they always seem to have one little thing that just sticks out is like ooh they're gonna get made fun of for that. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's kind of something what we talked about before the show started and kind of been an ongoing discussion is that maybe we've just gotten to the point where we can clearly see that Apple is just never gonna stop getting hate no matter what they do. Like, this was a WWDC we saw that they kind of proved themselves that they listen. Like, you want a modular Mac Pro that's like the cheese grater and has expansion with PCIe? Here you go. You want dark mode on iOS 13 and more incremental improvements? Here you go. You want your own iPad OS that is separate from iOS, that can do more, that can access file management and do the split window kind of thing? Here you go. Like, they gave us so much stuff and... Yeah, you can make fun of them and poke fun of them, uh, poke fun at them. And there's things obviously you'd want to see that we didn't. But at the end of the day, it's like, how much more can they show that not only are they listening to the consumers, but they're listening to the professionals? You wanted it, here it is. But again, no one's ever going to be happy because, oh, Apple's Apple and they're just stupid no matter what they do. It, I'm getting tired of that argument the more I hear it. Well, mm. I think the the big thing is that the people that are actually complaining uh would probably, well, there's a few ways to go about this. The people that are actually complaining, first of all, are probably not buying Apple products to begin with. Or they would love the opportunity to be given an Apple product. You know what I mean? I <laughs> like, mean- <laughs> like if, if they're not going to buy it on their own, but if you said, I'll give you an iPhone for free, they would like go to tears. I mean, this I is feel like it's those kind of people that are actually complaining. Because real professionals, people who are in the market for a Mac Pro or even like an iMac Pro, which is still a very professional product, but it's more in that prosumer category. Uh, those people, just they just buy what they need and they do what they need to do and they don't complain. Is this the time that we finally just address all these comments like we address the Apple hate that we see on in YouTube comments? Like these people who just, for some reason, have made it their life goal just to bash Apple and everything associated with them, anyone who associates themselves with a positive feeling towards an Apple product. Like, I just, I think you're right, Matt. I think it's just people who want an Apple product but can't get one or for some reason just have this allegiance. I just, I don't understand. I feel like, you know, in years there was the Mac versus PC war and now that's kind of like really died out. But as much as you think it's gone away, the Android and iOS, the Android versus iOS war continues to wage on uh, on YouTube, and I just, I, I don't get it. Yeah, and well, I think, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter 
for Apple especially because, like I said, the people who are going to buy these things just buy it. Like the people who care are going to do what they're going to do no matter what. So I guess I see why Apple doesn't really care about like the messaging quite to that degree. Like them saying the stands a thousand dollars in the end actually isn't going to change anything because the people who are complaining about it aren't in the market for this thing anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're on something though. I think, I mean, we see it on YouTube comments every day. People want to hate. They just want to get angry about something and complain about something. About anything, not just Apple. Yeah, yeah of course, anything. And this was the easy thing. WWDC happened. Um, we got to find something to complain about. If the Pro Display was not announced, they would have made fun of the Mac Pro harder. You know, they would have found a oh, reason yeah. for the Mac Pro to be stupider. But Apple just kind of happened to give them a golden nugget by saying a stand costs $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is expensive. but that actually but that actually might be the best maybe they did it on purpose like maybe that's because they know the people who are going to buy these monitors don't care so maybe that maybe they thought about that i i'm giving them too much credit but like maybe yeah. that's maybe that's well what i'm trying to say is like out of all the things they announced they would have got roasted for something else yeah. so might as well be the thousand dollar stand that everyone who's complaining about is not gonna buy anyway i mean when you look mm-hmm. at the Mac Pro and what it offers, and the more I research into it and the more opinions I see, when you really look at it, like it's honestly, it's a really good machine. You're getting the power. You're getting the specs. The base config is like not as great as it could be, but I mean, what more could you want? You, Apple brought back the cheese grater people. This is what everyone was clamoring for and asking for, and here it is. I mean, you got to give them credit. It's a, It looks like a very cool machine, something that is probably more catered towards the upper professional market. Like I've started to see people be like, well, you know, I'm a professional at WWDC, but like even I don't think it's worth it. Or, I mean, obviously, yes, this is associated with the upper echelon of professionals. But at the same time, Apple still has a professional machine for prosumers. I I don't know. Do you think that... Is the argument that it's too expensive or professionals don't want this, is it valid or is it coming from professionals who maybe think they're more pro than they actually are? <laughs> oh, oh, Berta. <laughs> I'm just going to say the one. No, no, I mean, I think hey. that anyone who starts a YouTube channel says, I'm a video professional now. No, Come you're on. not. You're not. I, I think, okay, we work on a YouTube channel. We make YouTube videos, right? We don't need a Mac Pro. We don't make anything that warrants that machine, right? We can make an argument for it, and we can say that it'll help us or it'll speed up an editor a little bit or whatever. But in reality, do we need it? No, right? Like that is for like a television studio that's pumping out, you know, weekly sitcoms, and they need fifteen of those things for their editors, you know. And those are the ones they're going to buy it. I think when it comes down to it, if a if someone that makes YouTube videos is complaining about the Mac Pro. One, you don't even, you can't even use that machine anyway. You're not going to touch like a percentage of it, Mm. you know? Right. I can't remember where I heard this, but this isn't my original thought, but I I thought it was really valid and is a good way to go maybe about life when when it comes to purchasing decisions, at least. Uh, Talking about the price of the Mac Pro, people complaining about it, the, the way, I can't remember who said this, but... Basically, there were there were an actual professional who uses these machines, 
Well, I mean, like taking a step back, if you look at what professional means, I mean, we are professionals. We are video mm-hmm. professionals mm-hmm. because professionals just means you make money at what you're doing. So we are professionals, but there's different levels to that category. And the way this person was describing this is if you're, if when you're looking at something to buy, let's say a computer in this instance, if we're thinking about the money, you're probably looking at the wrong machine. What you should be thinking of, when you look at the machine, you should think, wow, this is going to do this, this, and this for me. And then that means it's the right machine for you. But if you're thinking like, oh, this is cool, but ah, man, it's $6,000. Then maybe you shouldn't be getting that machine because, because the benefits don't outweigh the price. That goes for pretty much anything you can think of, really. I mean, I just bought a camera and I didn't really think about the price because... I was thinking about when it's, this is going to do this for me. I'm going to be able to take it with me because it's smaller. I'm going to be able to shoot video like I wanted. And in the grand scheme of things, it's an expensive camera, but I didn't think of it like that because I thought about what it was going to do for me. And I think the Mac Pro is the perfect like perfect uh, representation of that. I, I feel like to that extent, like I feel like people can make the same argument for like bringing things a little bit closer to home. For us, we use MacBook Pros in, in the case iMacs. We had... You know, one time everyone was on high-end iMacs. We had a fleet of them. We had an iMac Pro. Like, yeah, those machines were expensive. Like, you're talking three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000, but it was part of the job. Like, that was just what it was, you know, to do things. And even with camera equipment for stuff like us, like, people could look at the Black Magic and be like, man, like, how much is that? Like, twelve, thirteen hundred bucks? Like, that's an expensive camera, but for what we do with it and, like, the arsenal of, you know, lenses that are also expensive. Like it just, it gives us a lot of flexibility. It's like, it's what we do. Like how much, how much is our, our black magic kit, Matt? Just out of curiosity with the, if we wanted to do like the 24 to 105, I'd say, battery, I'd say we, we'd call it $3,000. You're talking 3000. You're thinking that is expensive. And we have, we're building towards having multiples of those. Like, well, it's expensive. But at the same time, it's like for what we can do with that and the videos we can produce and the versatility it gives us, like, just having a 24 to 105 lens and not having to swap lenses in a certain scenario or swap it multiple times during a shoot is time well spent. And that time could help us do other things. I mean, it just, it's all, it's all perspective. Well, and, that go, and that goes to the Ursa Mini Pro that we have. Right. Well, kind of have because it's in, in the shop right now. But, but that's, a, that's a $6,000 camera, which once we get it back... And it's all working the way it should be, which hopefully, let's pray. Uh, <laughs> um, that will also save us time. We don't have to thread on ND filters anymore. We uh, can go handheld without needing necessarily like an easy rig or something like that because the motion is nice and it comes with a good handle. Uh, the battery life, we can just slap V mounts right onto it. Like all these things, we can do audio right into the camera that actually sounds good. Like all these things that, yes, it's an expensive camera, but we're not thinking about the price, we're thinking about what it can do. And this is not like to like brag, like, oh, look how cool YouTube is or this and that. It's like if you look at any profession, like a bigger delivery truck has more capacity. You have I mean, there, There's so many like examples you could make that you just have to get to what category, like Matt said, like what category of pro are you? And there is a category of pro that you can get to where $6,000 for a machine or even 10, 12, 15, like 30. It's yeah, it's money well spent instead of three machines, I can have one machine and that machine's going to cost me $30,000. But for the time it was to build three machines and to have to pay for the components for three machines and the uptime, like it just makes sense. 
people just need to stop complaining about every little thing. Aren't you happy yeah. that at least there is an option now? No one is forcing you to buy the Mac Pro. Apple's not going to push you to buy a Mac Pro or the Pro Display XDR. Like, it is an option. It's there. Stop whining. <laughs> I, I think that's the truth, Berto. Like, I mean, I think you, using the cameras as, like, an example is, like, a really perfect example because, like, the Blackmagic kit is, I mean, in reality, it is expensive, right? But it it's not expensive for how we use it and what we do with it, you know? Right. And, like, on a personal, like, level, like, Matt, you just said it, you just bought a new camera, right? Yeah. And, like, can, can we ask, like, how much the camera cost? I mean, we know, but uh, I I got it used, but it was seventeen hundred bucks. Yeah, seventeen hundred dollars is not a lot. It's not like a crazy amount of money, but someone right, it's not say, crazy, but but yeah. someone can say that's expensive, right? But the camera that I use personally is five hundred dollars, right? Right. Now, I could sit and say, "Wow, that seven hundred dollar camera you bought is super expensive. No one should use that. Why would that company make that camera? That's stupid." Yeah. Or I could go and buy my $500 camera that I have and be happy. And yes, yours has features that mine doesn't have. You know, yours can do things that mine can, whatever. But what matters is how we both use our cameras and are we both happy? Are we both fine with it? Is it working for us? You know? And if all the answer to that is yes, then we're, we're, we're cool. If you can't use a Mac Pro, that's cool. But you could use an iMac and you'll save a bunch of money on that iMac. It's way cheaper. And it does, I mean, in reality, it does the same thing, right? Yeah. You're making videos, you can use Final Cut and iMac, it'll still export that video. Is it going to do it slower? Yeah. But you still get the end product in the end, you know, at the end of it all. That's what matters. So if you can't afford the Mac Pro, I don't care. Nobody cares if you can't afford it. <laughs> Apple doesn't care that you can't afford it because somebody can and they're not complaining. You know what they're doing? They're pulling out a credit card and buying a freaking Mac Pro. <laughs> All this, yeah, maybe it's just, am I just overly sensitive this week? But all this, the whining about the display. I mean, like, I get it. Like, the stand is absolutely ridiculous. $1,000, like, get out of here. That's stupid. But for a professional who doesn't want the stand, there's money saved right there. Or if they want the stand, $6,000 for what the display is going to give you, like, it just, it makes sense. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll stop my ranting. I just <laughs> am sick of the people saying, $6,000 for a Mac Pro. What's Apple thinking? It's like, at least it's there. They're listening. They're doing yeah. stuff. <sighs> I don't know. I, I'm excited I, I, to see yeah. these products in real life, though. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to be buying one. I'm not going to buy the stand or, or not the stand. <laughs> I'm not going to buy the monitor or the uh, Mac Pro. But I can't wait to see them and, like, see what they do. That display, I'm, I'm not going to buy one. I can't imagine myself ever buying one. But it's going to look so good. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a random question for you, Matt. Yeah. Let's say that Apple, this is an alternate universe, was like, you know what? We're gonna, we love the iPhone upgrade program. We think it's so successful. <laughs> We're gonna do a pro plan, and like the upper echelon of the pro plan is you pay five hundred bucks a month, and you get access to the base Mac Pro, the Pro Display XDR, and the stand. Five hundred bucks a month, and then every three years, you can upgrade. Every three years. Every three years. Wait, how much are you paying a month? Five hundred bucks a month. Oof. I mean, I'd have to. I'd have to do the math. I'm just saying. I don't, what if I don't think that subs- math checks out. But. I don't yeah. think so. Either. I don't. That sounds a little too high there. Well, here, let's just do the math. So yeah. ten thousand right? or twelve thousand dollars divided by uh, thirty-six. Twelve thousand 
12,000 divided by 36. That's 330 bucks a month. 333 a month. So, but let's say, so with the iPhone plan right now, you can get, like I have an iPhone XS Max, which I think retails for 1100 right? The base uh, one? The Max, yeah. 1100 I think. 1100 and I, it's like the up, upgrade program is like 55 bucks a month. So what's the math on that? So and I can upgrade every year. So I'm only paying well, like 660 I'm paying, you're paying half. So like, what if you took that payment and did it in half? Like what if it was... Well, I could never. I don't even know where I'm going with this because I know it would never happen. <laughs> I I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Bert. Okay. So wouldn't that be kind of cool? Like two fifty well, a month. Here you go. Two fifty a month. I would do it. You would. The question is, am I locked into it forever, or is it month to month? It's like a year commitment. It's it's basically the iPhone upgrade program, but for yeah. Mac. Yeah. Two fifty for a year. I would do it. I'll try it at least once. Do you what? think that Apple would ever do this for like? Let's get out of the Mac Pro. Do you think Apple would ever do it for like the MacBook? Like yes. The MacBook upgrade program, it is, you have to put, like, let's say you put 500 down. I, I, I guess this is all financing and they have financing, but you pay 200 or 300 bucks a month and every year you get the newest. Or every time there's like a new laptop, you get the latest one. Would I that even see them, make sense? I can see them doing this when they come out with the ARM processor ones because they're, yeah. they're in charge of the whole stack. So they know exactly what everything costs. It's I've, not going to change on them. And they they know what they can do with it. I can see that happening. I can totally see it because I think it become it can be really beneficial to like the college crowd because they yeah. can look at it like a phone payment. Because I mean, in reality, it's not much more expensive than an iPhone. So yeah. if you're paying fifty something a month for your iPhone XS Max, in reality, if it's like a let's say the MacBook, I mean, you're only going to be paying like seventy eighty dollars a month. Like that's the price difference, you know. So. I mean, at that point, I feel like college students would jump on that. Like, oh, I don't have to spend fifteen hundred dollars right yeah. now on my MacBook. My MacBook, I can just get it for eighty, eighty-five a month or whatever. I mean, it's kind of a good deal in reality. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if Apple is in the subscription business with hardware. I mean, they do it with the iPhone, but I think it comes. I don't know. Numbers. I like if I, the I, iPhone I, upgrade program is making them crazy amount of profit. I mean, it would I, make I sense. I wonder if it is. I mean, I love it because for us, it makes so much sense because every year. You just you get the latest one. You send this one back. You get the latest one. It just well, seems and to it's make every sense. well. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm gonna get the new phone every year anyway. Right. Yeah. So it just makes sense for me. And I think it's. I don't think it's 55. I forgot what it is. I think it's like 60, 70. It's, I think it's, it's like, like 60. It's, yeah. It's not cheap, but you get Apple Care. You get the latest one, and every year, like it just like for tech people, it makes sense. So I think that'd be cool one day if they ever actually like embrace that and did it with MacBooks. I, I could never see it with like an iMac or anything, but. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That I I would probably I jump it. on it, but yeah, I, I don't see that anytime soon. But I could see it with the iPad before it moves yeah, to Max. Yeah, iPad. Or I could also see it with like. Well, no, I can't. See I mean, it, it makes sense because the iPhone is like something out of all the stuff. Like your iPad, you'd probably hang on to it for a while. Your Mac, like the the iMac I'm using here, I've had since 2014. So this is five years old now. The laptop I had is even older. Like. You usually hang on to the stuff for a while, but the phones, even if you're not techie, every two or three years you're getting a new phone. So that makes more sense, I guess, than like these higher end devices that last a little bit longer. I mean, it, it, we're kind of in a weird time because we like we just had <laughs> WWDC and there's like not a lot of not a lot of other Apple stuff going on right now. Um, I mean, I'm ready for that credit card to launch sometime this summer. <laughs> <laughs> so you can buy the display. That's why they're doing it. Yeah, hey, 3% back, right? 
That's not bad on a $6,000 purchase. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> What's your limit, though? I got, it just spends on all, all your credit. <laughs> yeah. For a big company. I wonder if they have a business version. I don't know. I mean, is there anything, you guys, like, Apple-wise that has stood out to you? I mean, DubDub was kind of the big thing this week, and um, I don't know. I don't know what other cool Apple stuff is going on right now. I'm just kind of... We're waiting now for the iPhone 11 at this point. I mean, well, so, Berto, you haven't tried any of these, right? No. And, Jesse, you have the iPad, right? I have the iPad. Uh, iPad, iPad OS. Yeah. What do you, what's your favorite thing about iPad OS so far? Hmm. That's a good question. I got to think. I got to think. Uh, honestly, I will say that having having widgets on the home screen i've been using them uh, more yeah i don't really ever touch them on uh, my iphone mm-hmm. and now that it's there i've been using them more i set up my series shortcuts as one of the widgets so i'm just pressing them it's oh there you go kind of convenient like it's actually a little bit convenient i do will say on a design standpoint the mm-hmm. smaller icons look amazing they look way better i'm yeah. so into the, like the size of especially it especially like perfect. on the dock it's yeah. Great. yeah 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 that's that's a great thing i gotta keep thinking you you go ahead matt while well, i keep thinking I, about other things I might surprisingly be using. and i guess it kind of makes sense if you like think about it a little more but it's not something i was expecting is the desktop safari the desktop yeah it's it's a big deal it, i didn't notice how much i cared until i know i had it before i was always like i get it that it would be nice to have desktop websites and everything but the mobile ones are usually fine like they usually work but now that i have desktop for everywhere i'm like oh, this is a lot better. <laughs> and it, it lets you browse the web as if it was a laptop, which is great. And that is my, that's probably my favorite thing so far. The The multitasking is pretty good, but it feels basically the same. It just lets you do it in more ways, which is nice, or I guess with more apps. So I love that I don't have to exit out of this session of this app. I can open it up again. I love that. It, it's all this stuff that just makes it feel like more like a Mac. The thing that I haven't tried yet that I really want to try is the the sidecar with macOS um, Catalina. I, I need to install Catalina, but I'm too afraid, so I yeah. <laughs> haven't done it. Uh, but that looks... If it works the way everyone's saying it works, because people have been trying it, it looks amazing. I haven't been able to do it either because I don't have Catalina also. Uh, but from what I've seen, it looks pretty great um quinn snazzy labs over here has a bunch of tweets about it and it looks really cool in his use case yeah i mean it's one of those it like for me this is something i would actually use because i have a mac and i have an ipad and i do a lot of stuff that requires well and it doesn't necessarily require it but it would be benefited by having a touch screen and the Apple Pencil in particular, like Photoshop. I use that a lot. I edit a lot of photos. Um, and the fact that you can basically have Photoshop running on your iPad from your powerful computer yeah. is, I mean, that's just great. Honestly, Assuming how, it all works. <laughs> what is the latency like, though? Like how, if you're using it wireless, how is there a uh, noticeable I think, lag? Uh, I don't know, but... Using some of these third-party apps that did the same thing, it's pretty good. And it well, in general, it depends on your 
Wi-Fi connection, of course. Right. Um, but assuming it's good, which for me it is, uh, it's pretty good. It usually is not totally noticeable. It's obviously not as good as one to one, but mm. it's totally usable. And I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that that's how Sidecar is gonna be. Um, it might not be yet because it's a beta, but who knows? We also talked about how this was like iTunes last laugh. <laughs> like for some reason, installing these betas this year is more complicated than before. Like in years past, an iOS beta would be just download this profile on your iPhone and then you'll get access to the server that has the beta and you just kind of update from there. This time it was like the old days, like you got to download the IPSW. Mm -hmm. Matt was saying in your case, Matt, that like you had to download Xcode and have that on there as well. And it was just yeah. sounds way more complicated than before. Is this a deterrent from Apple? Like they're just like, stop enthusiasts. Like however you're getting in, into developer accounts, like stop putting betas on your device <laughs> is it like that remember in the old days like you had to have the udid and people would like sell udid slots like they would add your device id to their account so you could jump on the betas because there was no public beta for a long time so was this like a deterrent or was this like is it software i i just seems really weird to me I still think it has something to do with the fact that they forked iPad OS. Although that doesn't make any sense really because when it actually comes out it's going to be over the air, so I don't know, I don't know. And they also apparently said that the next versions are going to be over the air. So it's not it's like just this one. Hmm. It, well, I'm Yeah, I don't know. The fall is going to be exciting when all this new Mac stuff comes out. We're also going to see iPhone 11, we're going to have the Apple TV Plus service which is going to be super cool. Now I'm just kind of ready for the fall. It's like get get summer. Yeah, out I of want here. the products. WWDC's mm -hmm. already over. Like let's just get to the new stuff. Um, here's a question for you guys: When the new Mac version comes out, do you update it when it's live, or if not, when do you do the update? Because I know in my case, like Mojave was out, and I just like I probably waited six seven months until I finally put Mojave on the computer, just because like I just didn't really, really be six, bothered. Six seven months. Yeah, I waited a long time just because like, eh, like there's nothing really super interesting. Do you guys update like day it comes out or do you wait? Um, well, for me, I, I, it really depends. But like with Mojave, that's probably the longest I've waited and it probably was like a month. Maybe actually, I can't exactly remember. It might have been only a week, but it felt like a month. Um, but that's because... I didn't really care because Mojave didn't do anything. <laughs> but it had dark mode. Yeah, but <laughs> I just didn't care. Um, but with with uh, Catalina, there's actually some cool features, and I might be tempted to do it. I won't do it day one, but I'll do it week one probably. Yeah. As long as it works with Final Cut, that's all I care about. Right. Yeah, I'm in that make sure the programs I use the most don't get conflicted. So let everybody else be guinea pigs, and then once I know that it works, I'll, I'll switch. Luckily, the app that I use the most, or I guess kind of we use the most, is Final Cut, which is also made by Apple, so it's going to work. Mm -hmm. It might not yeah. be the best, but it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Man, it seems, I, I don't know. It seems like all the... the the cool stuff is like over now. Like we're back in like this really weird lull. I mean, the summer will be filled with iPhone 11 rumors and like prototypes and dummies, but it's like, okay, now uh, new software is announced and you got to wait till September. So now it's like, it's just this weird, 
weird time to be uh, an Apple fan. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, at least very least, we're going to get a bunch of beta updates, and we're going to talk about, oh, they finally added this two new features to beta 74, and it was really cool. That's the one thing I do not want to do is like, how about if your job was to, okay, the beta's out now, sit down for two hours and find every little thing that is different and make a video on 200 different uh, differences in iOS 13. I, I say this because I just saw a 95 Max video <laughs> and I was like, man, I would not want to do that because that seems super, super boring. Hey, I've been there and <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry, like, Matt, give, give us the insider perspective on that. So like you sit down, you know the big stuff, like do you just go app by app and like have to find out like what's new? Pretty much. Um, well, luckily when I did it, we didn't really do every single change, but I know the way they do it is uh, you get your one device, which has the beta. You have the other one that has the current generation or current version of the software. And you just go through the same thing on each and just note the differences. Wow. And that yeah. sounds you gotta, horrible. Yep. 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 I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, glad you're with us now, Matt. We don't yeah. do that. We just wait yeah. for other people to tell us about it. Then we talk about it. <laughs> exactly. It's great. It's the best. It is really nice switching from, I mean, this is like a little inside baseball, but switching from a publication over to a YouTube channel. Like before our job for WWDC was like, we had to sit down and like we do screenshots and like there's editorial stuff. And usually it was like, it was like last year we had videos. So I think yeah. Matt and I both, I think it was Matt, John and I, we all took a section. And as soon as that person's like spiel like on stage was over, like I think I did iOS 12. As soon as iOS 12 was done, I took my notes, ran into the room and like started recording that section so we could edit it and have it up like ASAP. This year, had a cup of coffee, watched the <laughs> keynote, made some notes for the podcast. It was wonderful. So yep. I know Matt, you've been also on the other side of that for previous engagements where yeah. you had to probably do a lot more work. And Jesse, I know, you know, back in the TV days with, you know, social for editorial. That's just, that's a lot. So I'm sure mm-hmm. this is, this is kind of nice. I, I, here's a, a question for the audience. This kind of ties into a tweet we had earlier this week. How do you guys watch Apple events? Oh. As a kid, I was always like, I would watch them when I could. When I got to college, it was easier. I remember the one event, I remember when the original iPad event was, I stayed home from school. I live streamed, did my whole little commentary because <laughs> like, I knew that was going to be a big deal. Um, and then kind of, it's cool, like, you know, going now into the profession where we get to cover this stuff, like it's part of our jobs, like we have to be watching the keynotes. But for those of you listening, how do you watch the keynotes? Do you read the live blogs? Do you watch the live stream? Do you kind of covertly like sneak it in like a meeting? Like you're like, kind of like thumbing through Twitter, trying to see what's going on, but also like doing other work. Do you have like open another tab? Or I know some people who like turn off all social media and they just sit down and at that night when the keynote's out and they'll like they'll sit down and like watch it like fully like for like the first time without any spoilers. How did you guys do it before? Before it was your job for Jesse and Matt, how'd you guys do it? And then audience obviously you guys have to let us know as well. For me, even before I started actually working in in this tech world, uh I thankfully had a job where I already had my own office. So Every keynote, I just had it up on my second monitor, and it was playing in the background while I did other work, and I just watched it. So it was always kind of there. Um, I never had to like sneak it around. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I I feel like since the iPhone, the first iPhone, 
since that keynote, I don't, I've definitely never missed one. And I also feel like I've watched them real time. <laughs> I can't, yeah. I can't remember a time where I watched it when it wasn't happening live. Mm-hmm. I think there was one time in college I had a class. I think it was the iPhone seven keynote. Mm-hmm. That was when I think I read the live blog and I just kind of kept up on Twitter. That was when I couldn't watch live. But usually, even if I couldn't watch the live stream, I was usually reading Twitter or the live blogs. Remember when there was no live stream of the events? It was all just, you just had to look at the live blog and be like, oh, this is cool, then watch it later. Um, And then we had put out a tweet earlier this week about expanding on this is like watching keynotes for fun. And we had this discussion because, how, how did it come up? Like, for a it lot was, of the it was because you, we, Robert. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, just well, said because in all of our video well not all of our videos, but a lot of our a videos of that have to do with Apple, we kind of reference back to these keynotes. And I know you were saying that it's just fun to watch them. Yeah, it is. And I agree. I, I do the same thing. And I don't think I don't get it. I don't it is kind of cool. I mean, to go on YouTube and like look at like especially like the Steve Jobs ones, like the old like iPod touches and iPhones and iPads, like there's something cool about watching those events. And even like the older like WWDC moments are just super cool. I even here's how like crazy weird I am. I even rewatched the iPhone 4 antenna gate presentation. And that just reaffirms Apple's ability to take a very negative thing and spin it and do it concisely, professionally, and like show like, hey, like we're not that bad. Look at the competition. Like, look, yeah, they're here, like, we're gonna do. Look like, at the competition. It does the exact same thing. Yeah. Even and though, these, like, even though I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone confirm those allegations. No. <laughs> and all like the super nice, well produced videos on the bars going down. Like, yeah. I've watched those. So I, I've seen a lot. Yeah, of I've watched. I've watched all those too. Yeah. See, it's just it's. I don't know. It's fun. I think the only thing I've ever watched, the only thing I've ever watched, is the iPhone one. And specifically when he's when Steve Jobs is actually demoing it. And I only right. rewatched it just because of felt like when you found out later that, you know, he had that golden path he had to follow, so the phone yeah. didn't crash. I only rewatched it just to see like oh yeah, what Could was that tell? path they made him do? You know, like yeah. Yeah, and did he fumble at all? It was out of sheer curiosity, but I have never rewatched any other keynote. Because really? the idea of turning on a keynote, that one I've already seen, and I already know are Boring as can be. No, they're not boring to me. That's the thing. See, to me, like, okay, <laughs> they're not boring live. They're not boring live. They're like, oh, cool, what's coming? Up? I mean, there's sections yeah, yeah. that are boring. The oh, It's yeah. Showtime keynote, I know oh. for a fact I will never oh, that, rewatch. Okay, yeah. you, I cannot, you cannot pay me to rewatch that. Okay? Well, here's the thing. For me, I've never actually watched any of the Tim Cook since Tim Cook took over. Mm. Voluntarily. No. Voluntarily, True. I haven't watched any of those. True. Why is that? I don't know. I just don't care. He's not. A, it's not Steve Jobs. <laughs> it's not the same. Like charisma. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I get also, it. Also, I think for me too, it's like it's cool to like go back like 2007, 2008, like many years ago to like see like wow, like look how far we have come. Yeah. Like look at them touting this feature or that, and that's also kind of cool to give some perspective. I guess I always like. I mean, because like right now, Robert, you're you're really into putting clips in the videos. I do yeah. always enjoy those clips because you put in very like interesting clips. Like I think I made the comment. Um, on the iPod video that we just put out on the John channel um, when Steve Jobs was showing off the first iPod and he makes a comment about like this little device that you can put in your pocket or whatever and I made a joke like look at that thick boy right there how do you get that in your pocket because it's just in today's standards that's a fat device <laughs> you know so like, I'm going to do a little I'm going to do a little tease here too Jesse for you here mm-hmm. exclusively on the podcast so there is another John video coming up that I was working on today and there is a Steve Jobs clip in that video. It is not from a keynote, 
It's very vague, very specific. If anyone can guess what clip I will use from Steve Jobs in this upcoming video, the world do some kind of shout out or something. Do you guys have any guesses? Can I guess? I'll do it live. Yeah, it's not. Well, actually, no, Matt probably already knows. <laughs> Here's the problem, though. Is I, <laughs> This is too vague for the audience because they don't even know what the video. Well, no, no, no. So, but I'll give, I'll give, there's not that many videos of Steve Jobs. This is a Steve Jobs video that is not an Apple keynote. So that really should narrow it down. Here, let me narrow it down a little, just in my guess. Yeah. Does he have long hair? Uh, I, I think so, yeah. I think that's fair to say, long, longer than bald. Okay, so it's, <laughs> it's younger Steve Jobs, then you narrow it down a lot. Youngish, yes, yes. See, Matt, if you didn't ask that question, I would have assumed it was his uh, his speech at uh, Princeton or... What's no, not that, not that, not yeah. that. Was uh, it Princeton? Stanford. Stanford. Stanford, thank you. Um, so just, you guys have to... Uh, you gotta like call into the number or something because I want it's. Ooh, is, it his, is it his interview with Bill Gates? No, not that. Okay. I also, I don't think I've ever seen this. We've never took a clip from this on the channel before. It's the okay. He's wearing the turtleneck, but he's got long hair, and it's the one where he gives the truck analogy. Oh, uh, I don't think so. All right, I don't know. Okay. Wait, I'm not gonna. You have to tell me off because like, you have to tell me. I do want to see the tweets about this, like what everybody else. Yeah, says, so but I want yeah, you to tell me off the off know. the air. We'll talk about next week. Right. Yeah, I, I want to know. And it's a it's a really cool clip. I was watching it today. I'm like, oh, this is like another like I'm sucked into these old Steve Jobs videos. But anyways, <laughs> um, let us know. Robert, did you cool. did you like digest the Steve Jobs biography when it came out after he died? You know, I got the book, and I'm ashamed to say I didn't read. I read a little bit of the book, but I actually did the audible of it. And this would be a great place to say that Audible is sponsoring the podcast. I'm <laughs> Audible, if you're listening, please, I have a great ad transition for you. But that is not the case. I, I just did the audiobook. But I listened to the whole book, loved the book. I have a copy of the book in the other room. Great book. Uh, but I, just, I, I love the videos. Like, I love going back and, mm -hmm. like, watching the events. And I think for me, I too, know. it's like, at least for the ones, for most of them, I remember that time. Like, I, I remember watching it live or following it live at that point. So it's like I have a, some personal connection to it. Because that was back yeah. in those days, for me at least, that was when I was getting into tech. So everything was really exciting and I loved it all. Gotcha. And now, now everything's like so boring. So I watch, <laughs> like everything's just so mundane now. Like it's, it's yeah. our jobs. And it's great. It's still all great. It's just, it's not the same. Mm. It's not the same as like that you. child what was the word child uh childlike enthusiasm I wonder i i will say like i remember before again before having this job watching the apple keynotes was like ooh, i can't wait for next monday for whatever keynotes coming up you know like i was excited for them now i'm like oh wwdc is next week isn't it <laughs> but it's also but i think it's also because everything's leaked now well yeah, not, not everything too. but that's like true. a lot of stuff i mean so we didn't get the, the mac pro stuff leaked at all which is right. amazing to me Right, but go leading up to it, we thought everything was leaked, so was, there was no excitement to it. That is true. And notice, notice how all the excitement really coming out now is for the stuff that wasn't leaked. Yep. Imagine if nothing Apple ever did anymore was leaked. Like, imagine like we had no idea what the new iPhone would be like. Like, the oh. amount of, I mean, the amount of attention that would get after the event would be crazy because like you would, didn't know what was coming. I would be so excited for an event if nothing was leaked. Well, I think we're going to get that soon. Well, maybe not soon, but within the next five years, we'll get that. Because I'm sure they'll do some folding phone or tablet. 
Um, their mm. their their glasses are supposed to come out within the next five years. Yeah. Uh, the car. All those things are getting the car. Leaked. No, I don't think so. Because they're all new. The reason the iPhone gets leaked is because they have to start producing it. So there's a bunch of yeah. production line. But for these new products, they always announce them before they start producing them. I so. mean, how cool was it? And I know we're like we're wrapping up here. I don't want to get too far off in this. But how cool was it when they revealed the Mac Pro to see it for the first time? We'd never seen that leak before. No matter how ridiculous it might have looked, like it was pretty cool to see. Like, wow, this is like brand new. This is really cool. Yeah, all for the first time in that video where it's like, oh, what's it gonna look like? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. It, I remember that for the for the Apple Watch. They did that yeah, really cool like reveal video. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. See, the Apple Watch was barely leaked before. Like it was a, it was leaked like the day before. Yeah. When they do new products, it's they're pretty good about it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think we've uh. Gone I think as we've, deep as yeah. we could possibly go. <laughs> we've we've done a lot. Um, uh, is that is that it for uh, this week's episode, guys? Is I, I think so. I do have oh, trivia oh, oh. for I. Oh, you know, we didn't do trivia okay. last week, let but me, I do have some uh, this week. Let me throw on the Adam Ellis original. I like that you had it ready to go. Oh, that's loud. Can we get an abridged version of this? <laughs> <laughs> how, like, how, how long is that, actually? I haven't thought about that. Uh, you know, there's some pad in there, so I couldn't tell you exactly. Uh, like 30? I don't, actually don't know. My the, my little road thing does not tell me. I, I think it's like 30. Um, yeah. Well, I, thank you, Adam. Alice, who made that cool jingle for us. Oh, I, I don't I don't even know. I wasn't even prepared for trivia today, so I'm just going to have to just do it. I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot about it, too. I was writing it as we were doing this episode, so... <laughs> There you go. It's okay. But it's okay. So, but again, and I, I thought about it before, but I forgot to do it before we started. But it's a Mac Pro episode. All right. In reality. Go. So, Mac Pro trivia. Um, I got, let me see how many questions I got here. One, two, three, four, five questions for you guys. Am I going to guess right. how many you're going to get right? I'm going to guess three. I'm going to guess two. I'm going to guess two. You haven't even seen the questions, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I'm, just, I'm not feeling it today. Okay. Well, let's see. We'll start off a little easy. You guys ready? Ready. Yep. Ooh, we should get some uh, like when the question's being asked music. Like that. We need that who wants to be a exactly millionaire. Exactly. <laughs> when the lights come down and do do. Anyways. Um, when was the first Mac Pro announced? <sighs> Mac Pro. Yes. Mac Pro, not the G5. 2000 Not the Power Mac, no, the Mac Pro. 2006. Okay. Do, do you have a do you have a month? I'm a, I'm, Ooh. All right, so it's 2006. <laughs> I'm going to say June 2006. I'm not saying anything about the year. I'm saying I I'll want say, a month and a year. Uh, okay, I'll go different, and I'll go I'll go January 2005. I'm going to guess June 2006 just because it's WWDC. So that's my guess. Lock mine in. It is August 7th, 2006. <laughs> uh, ah, it is 2006. Come on, off. Yeah. yeah, when it comes close. to dates, I I, I try to wow. get the month out of you guys because the the year's too broad, okay? And it, they're kind of the usually pretty easy yeah. to figure out. Yeah, because Birdo was easy to figure out. Look at WWDC 2000. Yeah. You know, like that's an easy one. So yeah, I try to get the month out of you guys. Um, all right, so August 7, 2006 was announced. Do you remember what was the first processor used in Oof. the Mac Pro? It was that I think the Mac Pro was their switch to Intel, so it was yeah. an Intel processor. But I don't, I have. 
if I ooh, I know they were using Xeons. So Intel Z <laughs> Xeon, I guess. I have no idea. I think I it was I, I'm Xeon. pretty sure it was a Xeon, but yeah, I don't know which one. And that was before they had like i7 and stuff. So I, yeah. I really I really have no idea. Mm, okay, okay. Well, it was a dual quad core Xeon Harpertown processor. Harpertown. Okay, no I have no way. idea what the Yeah, no is. way. Okay, hang I on. Because here comes the next question. What was yeah. it replaced by almost immediately? <laughs> the processor? Uh, yeah. Nahalem. The what? Nahalem. Okay. No, nah, I got nothing. I don't even have an answer for this. Don't you know, at least Bertle threw out a guess, man. <laughs> it, there was Nahalems at some point. It was the dual core, dual quad core Xeon Clovertown processors. God dang. <laughs> well, like Intel, come on. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I, well, I guess we got one out of that. Okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll take my one. Hang on. Uh, yeah, one so far. Okay. Now, the Mac Pro right now announced for six thousand dollars. But do you yes. remember what the starting price for the first Mac Pro was? Three thousand. Thirty-five. Final answers. Yeah. Twenty-two ninety-nine. Oh, what? Oh, oh yeah. That's pretty Actually, good. Actually, I think I vaguely remember that it was twenty-two ninety-nine for the, Mac Pro. The funny thing is, is that the keynote it was announced as starting at twenty-two ninety-nine, but when you went to the website, the website actually promoted it as 2500 even though mm. there was a 2299 model on the website <laughs> so the That's 25 was the mid-tier model hmm. i remember okay that makes sense okay could you imagine if the mac pro started at 2299 right now yeah ma- imagine the reaction from people <laughs> even i'd order this one for anything 2299 yeah. yeah well i want to know here let me i'm gonna look up what that is adjusted for inflation good point 20- good point Twenty two ninety nine in two thousand six. No, that didn't that didn't work at all. <laughs> Google Google's not that smart. Where's the the like? We need like an inflation calculator. There there is one out there. Well, oh here we go. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, twenty two ninety nine equals to what the? Give me just give me the answer. <laughs> It's like teaching me how to do it. I'm like, no, just give me the answer. It's a calculator. It's got to show its work, you know? Okay, it's $3,000. That's still cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, so that's cheap. Imagine if today's Mac Pro came out at 3000 versus 6000 Yeah, imagine if that Mac Pro they showed off and it's going to cost $3,000. That would have been great. 4000 Yeah. Not bad. All well, right, last, 4, last question, though. All right. Yep. When now that was obviously first gen Mac Pro, the uh-huh. second gen was the trash can. When yes. was that released? Not announced, released. Ooh, because they announced it early. Mm-hmm. December. I was gonna say December. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, that's my answer too. Okay, I'm gonna tell you guys right now. You guys both got the month right and the year. Let's narrow this down to days now. Let's oh, see who gets I think closer. it was like. Let's I'm see who gets say, closer. Uh, the 11th. Okay. December 13th. Are you looking All at right. a calendar? No. It's <laughs> pulling up Google right now. Yeah. All right, ready? December yeah. 19th. Oh. 2013. Ooh. Robert was closer. 
I remember, you know why? Because we did that video on um, for John, Can You Still Trust Apple? And one of them was like the Mac Pro example. How they announced it in June. It was like, they announced it like it was going to come in 2013. It was like yeah. right before the end of the year. I think so. that's how I know what it is too. Yeah. <laughs> so good stuff, guys. So yeah. you got one, go. Robert. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I guess three. I honestly thought you guys would get uh, the, uh, the first one. And the uh, the bottom two. Those processor names are just that's too hard. Out. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, actually, know. no. You guys both got the Mac Pro because you guys got the month and the year. I didn't expect you guys to get the date. So, yeah, you guys got the the trash can. Ooh, fancy. Well, another Apple Circle episode in the books, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, Jesse. Thanks for putting together that trivia. Always fun. Always <laughs> good. Uh, and we will be back again for another episode next week. See ya. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>